0: I'd like you to take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, would you please? Philippians chapter 2 this morning. James McConkie writes, "...into the life of my brother came this experience. The winter was ending. The ice in our native river was breaking up. A few miles above our home was a small town at which an immense ice jam had formed in the river." Just below this was an island on which 11 people, men, women, and children, were trapped. Everyone knew the fate that awaited them. If the ice dam, with its great wall of water behind it, should break, it would sweep those unfortunate people downriver to their deaths. When my brother learned of this situation, he put $50 in his pocket and hurried to the little town. When he arrived there, he found the entire population lined up along the riverbanks waiting for the inevitable catastrophe. Standing among the crowd, he offered the $50 to any man who would attempt to rescue the imperiled islanders. But no one signified his willingness to make the desperate attempt. Again and again, he repeated his offer, and each time... It was refused. Unable to induce anyone else to try the rescue operation, he sent to the village store for a length of small but strong rope. When it came, my brother tied this to his belt and offered to join himself to any man who would rope himself in an effort to save the lives of the doomed people on the island. Immediately, four men stepped to his side, roping themselves to the same line of peril. And those five men picked their way across the great ice dam at imminent hazard of their own lives to bring back to safety those that otherwise would have certainly died. When he offered money, there was not a man who would take the risk. But when they saw him willing to give himself, and were touched by the life that counted no price too great, he drew them instantly to his side. The 17th century Puritan Thomas Brooks wisely observed that example is the most powerful rhetoric. For the follower of Christ, examples of godly living can be powerful for us can be powerful and encouraging to us as we seek to live lives that bring glory to God. I Just think of Christ who lived an obedient, sinless life, went to the cross for our sins, and we are called to follow him, to follow his example. But oh, how challenging this is. So feeble are we as human beings who don't live in sinless perfection. And so it's a good thing that we have examples. It's a good thing that we have reminders. We have examples of godly men from God's word, men who've gone before us, men and women shown in God's word to have been faithful to God even with their own faults and failures and sinful lives. Men and women who have given themselves to God and gone before us and and they're raised, they raised to the top in God's word and shown to us as examples of godliness that we ought to follow, that we ought to model our lives after as we model our life after the Lord Jesus Christ. And even though they were sinners like we are, they were able to put into practice with the help of the Holy Spirit that which we are also instructed to do from God's word. I praise God for examples. I praise God for godly examples in my own life whom I have looked to and followed. I praise God for his word, which never fails. And when you turn to it and you find the examples there and you, and you follow those examples, they never fail you. God is gracious in his word to give us those examples. We got to praise God for them. We ought to look for them. We ought to follow those examples. We heard this instruction Back in Philippians 1, 27, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that, as Paul goes on to say, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. We also... Looked at Paul's instruction here in chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Being certain that our conduct is worthy of the gospel of Christ. How important that is. Looking out for the interests of others... That is modeling your life after the example of Lord Jesus Christ. And yet these are tall orders, aren't they? These are challenging. But as we look at the text before us today, as we go to Philippians chapter two, we're going to look at verses 19 to 24 this morning, and we find the example of Timothy, who is putting these things into practice. It's one thing to tell people how to live. It's far better to show them how to live. And so it's encouraging to read about the godly life of a man like Timothy and to understand that if he was able to live a godly life, there is hope for God's people today who have the same Holy Spirit working in them that Timothy had in him. Now, you've likely been to an event and you've heard an introduction for a speaker And you've heard the long list of credentials given for that speaker. And we hear from Paul that he is going to send Timothy to the Philippian believers. But instead of giving them a long list of of credentials or accomplishments or some impressive credentials on Timothy's part, what he lists are some of Timothy's God-glorifying character qualities. Character qualities that were based on the truths of God's word. Character qualities that were that were formed in obedience to God and following the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul lists some of these here for us as an example. So I, I want you to follow along as I read from Philippians chapter 2. Look at verse 19 and I'll read through verse 24. Just follow along in your copy of God's word as I read from the English Standard Version. Verse 19, Philippians 2. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me, and I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. So in verse 19, Paul says that he he hopes to send Timothy soon. He hopes to send Timothy to the Philippian believers, and then he goes on to mention several godly character qualities of Timothy's that really qualify him to be an encouragement to the church at Philippi and qualify him to be an example for us. And these are the kinds of character qualities that all God's people ought to seek to grow in as we humble ourselves before the Lord, as we humble ourselves before his word. As we seek to become people who bring great glory to God, as we seek to grow in humility as we seek to live out our faith, as we seek unity in the church, and as we seek to learn to stop grumbling and disputing, as we've seen here in chapter 2, all of those things. And we see this first character quality, the first of four that I want to show you this morning. The first of these character qualities is in verse 20. It's the God-honoring character quality of like-mindedness. Now, do you remember hearing about like-mindedness before already here in Philippians? I do. Paul says, I have no one like him. In a way, that's, that's an incredible statement. Praise God. In another way, it's like, oh my, there's no one else like him? May that not be true of us. When we look at these character qualities and we say, there's only one person that I can think of that has these. My desire and our desire ought to be as we pray for one another is that we would all be growing in these Christ like, godly character qualities. Like mindedness. We've heard this already, haven't we? Paul says, I have no one like him. Timothy was of the same mind as Paul, he had the same heart. For people. He had the same passion for the gospel to make it known to people so that they might see Christ for who he is and trust in him and be saved. Timothy is like minded. No one else that Paul can send is like minded in the way that Timothy is. Paul could not go to the Philippian believers himself, and so he did the next best thing he sends Timothy. It's a wonderful thing that he was able to send Timothy. He had someone to send. In fact, back in verse 2, we heard Paul say that this was his desire for these believers. He says he wants them to be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And now we see Paul sending them Timothy, who will not only care for their spiritual needs... But he will also be an example to them, caring for their spiritual needs, of the like-mindedness that Paul is hoping to see in them. It's a wonderful thing when you can send someone in your place to do something you're not able to do at that time. This is what's happening for Paul, and Paul didn't have to be concerned that Timothy would say or do something that would contradict what he's teaching in this letter. He was confident that Timothy wouldn't undermine his efforts on behalf of the Philippian believers because Timothy was like-minded. He had proven himself. His passion for Christ was like Paul's and they would be in very good hands, the Philippian believers, under Timothy's care. And so I think we have another reminder here in the example that Paul gives of Timothy. Paul had no one like him. He was indispensable to Paul. And though we ought not forget this, that God can choose to move or remove any one of us at any moment... We ought to serve to be those kinds of people who are indispensable, that people can look to and count on when sent on a mission for God's glory. Timothy was indispensable to Paul. Paul knew that he had in Timothy someone who was like-minded, who would carry the truth and encourage the truth to Timothy the believers at Philippi, and we ought to long to be those kinds of people that are so like-minded with our brothers and sisters in Christ in this church, in this place where God has placed us, that people can look to us with confidence to carry out whatever task we're given and that we, that we carry it out. We do it for God's glory. Like-mindedness, so important. So important that we, we've seen it here before, and we're being reminded of this in Timothy's example. I'm thankful for these reminders. I hope you're encouraged by a reminder like this as we see kind of a repeating theme here, but I hope also that you're instructed by this. This is important. Timothy said, here's the truth. Now, here's an example of the truth in Timothy. Now go live it. This is God's inspired word. God inspired Paul to write these things for our good. We need these things like mindedness so important that we, as followers of Christ, come together to serve in this place where God has placed us, entrusted us with His Word, with His good news, with His gospel, that we serve side by side for the sake of the gospel like mindedness now, notice a second character quality of timothy 's was He was caring, he was caring, he cared about people. Paul says that Timothy will be, look at verse 20, Timothy will be genuinely concerned for them, genuinely concerned for their welfare. It's been said that people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And again, we're taken back to what Paul says earlier in chapter 2 when he instructs From verses three and four, I read them earlier. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. That was Timothy. He cared. People could tell he cared. It wasn't just in his words, it was in his actions. Paul knew that Timothy was unselfish, that he was humble, that he was willing to care for the needs of others above his own. He knew that he could trust Timothy to care for the needs of the Philippian believers. And so he sends Timothy saying, I have no one like him. I praise God for someone like that. And let it be a challenge to us, an encouragement that we had to long to be those people who can be sent in someone else's place, that we can be trusted to be messengers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy genuinely cared for these believers. This wasn't just his duty. It was his genuine concern. And being like-minded to Paul, he had a passion for seeing God's best in God's people, God's best blessings in the lives of others. You know, we might impress a few people for a moment with a few accomplishments but far more important is leaving an impression on the lives of others for God's glory with how we care for one another as followers of Jesus Christ how we care for one another with genuine love how we don't look at our care for one another as a duty but as a desire to please God and as a blessing that we can be in the lives of others. Far more important that we leave a lasting impression that brings great glory to God because we love one another genuinely from the heart. The world cannot deny that when they see it. And it glorifies God. Care. Care and concern for others. We see it in Timothy. It's a powerful example And it's one we ought to follow. Note also a third godly character quality of Timothy's closely related to caring for others is selflessness. Selflessness. We see it in verse 21. Note how Paul says in verse 21, of those he he cannot send, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. In other words, Timothy is not seeking his own interests and he is seeking the interests of Jesus Christ. Timothy wasn't seeking to promote himself. He wasn't seeking to have his own needs met. His passion was for making Jesus Christ known. His passion was for helping other believers make Jesus Christ known. And the attitude that Paul had, which was a single-minded devotion to Christ, we can hear it in 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. It was also true of Timothy. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The Lord Jesus Christ has gone before us and paid the ultimate price for our sins. He is a powerful example for us. And he saves us from our sinful selves. And we ought to praise God for that. And we ought to make that our passion, to make Jesus Christ known. That was Timothy's passion. That was Paul's passion. Think about this. Why was Timothy's selflessness such a powerful example? Because it was uncommon. You realize that we live in a day that's not much different than the day they lived in when we can look around and we see not too many people who give up things that they might think that they need so that others can be served. Timothy's selflessness was such a powerful example because selflessness was so uncommon. And we still have that problem today, don't we? We don't meet many truly selfless people. It was true in Paul and Timothy's day also, but Timothy stood out because his passion for Jesus Christ gave him self-forgetfulness. It caused him to kind of put on the back burner, so to speak, his own burdens and concerns and to put the Lord Jesus Christ and the needs of others first. Timothy, Timothy was seeking the, to meet the needs of others. He was seeking the things that are above. He was Christ-centered, heavenly-minded, and Timothy's zeal for Christ equipped him and prepared him and enabled him to minister to the Philippians. It, it prepared him to be such a capable person in the hands of God by the power of the Holy Spirit and work it, uh, in him with the truth of God's word that Paul could say, I have no one like him. I'm sending him. We ought to long to be those kinds of people that others can look to and say, I'm sending them. I trust them to carry the message of the gospel. Timothy was a living example of the commandments found in Matthew 22. Listen to verses 37 through 39 where Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The idea there is you should love your neighbor like you already love yourself. We all naturally love ourselves, don't we? And we have this example to give God our heart, soul, mind, and strength, give God our devotion to love God with everything that we have, and that should compel our love for people. According to Paul, that was Timothy out of his love for God, flowed from his heart a love for people. That was why Paul could say of Timothy that he will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. That is why Timothy stood out as a man who wasn't set on seeking his own interests, but he was seeking to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, caring for the interests of others. And so Timothy wasn't sidetracked by the temptations of this world. It's so easy to get sidetracked by the things that we're surrounded by. And many of them not necessarily wrong, but we can be tempted to think that those things are majors when they're minors. And they can overtake our lives and become first place. And we forget about the people around us whom God has placed us in their lives to serve for his glory, for the sake of the gospel. So Timothy wasn't sidetracked by the temptations of this world, nor by his own selfish pursuits. His focus on Jesus Christ was was clear, it was sharp. That should be our desire, that our focus be first on Christ, on his word, on heavenly things, that we would set before this world an example of godliness and Christ-likeness, that our lives, imperfect as we are, dealing with sin as we are day by day, that we're Being shaped in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're following Him faithfully, and and God is at work in us. When God is at work in us, that will be a powerful testimony to a watching world. Now, I want you to note this fourth godly character quality. Timothy was a trusted servant, he wasn't just a servant, and he wasn't just trusted. He was a trusted servant. We can see it in verse 22. Look at it. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How, as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. Now, what made Timothy a trusted servant? Well, for starters, he wasn't a recent convert. He hadn't just trusted in Christ. Even the Philippian believers knew of Timothy's proven worth, how he served alongside Paul like a son with a father. His devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ was proven. He had served alongside Paul, and he had been found to be reliable. He had been found to be faithful, faithful as he served for the sake of the gospel. My youngest son, Josiah, and I were working on something together recently, and I asked him if he knew why God didn't give us each one uh, three hands instead of only the two that we have. (laughs) He admitted that he didn't know why God gave us only two hands instead of three. And so I told him that it was so that a father would call for his son to lend him a hand. And so the father would call for a son to work with him. And so that a son would learn from a father, so that a parent would call for a child and say, come, lend me a hand, and that child would learn alongside him. That had been Timothy with Paul. That's still true of the church today. We need each other. You realize that? You realize how special this is, this place this morning where we're gathered, and, and God says we're two or three are gathered in my name. There I am. How blessed we are that as God's people, more than two or three this morning, gathered in the presence of God. We gather to be encouraged, to be strengthened by the word of truth so that we can keep serving together. We need one another. That had been Timothy with Paul. God didn't give all the gifts That are needed in the church to any one individual. God spreads his gifts around so that we realize we don't have three hands, we only have two, and we need to call on someone to lend us a hand. As we serve God together in this place, we need each other. God spreads the gifts around among his people so that we will serve together, so that we will realize we need each other. We can't do this ministry that God has entrusted to our care in this place. We can't do it faithfully without the help of other brothers and sisters in Christ who God has gifted differently than he has gifted us. God brings us together and tells us to serve together for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the good news. It was true in Paul's day also. The church needed each other. The people needed one another. And so Paul was sending Timothy. It's obvious here that Paul needed Timothy in this case. Timothy needed Paul also. Paul was sending Timothy to the Philippians knowing his proven character. He had proved himself a faithful and trusted servant. But did you know that Timothy also needed Paul? And part of the work that God has for us is nurturing one another, encouraging one another's faith, challenging one another's faith to grow, praying for one another, serving alongside one another so that we, we in effect, disciple one another in Christ. That was Paul for Timothy. And we should be willing to work alongside others so that we and they may grow in the faith and learn to serve faithfully so that we each grow up to be trusted servants so that we become those people who can be sent on a mission and trusted to deliver the good news. Timothy was a known quantity. He had proven himself to be a reliable and faithful servant. And he worked with Paul like a son with a father. It's just what we hear from Paul in 1 Corinthians 4 2. And he says, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. That's a call to all followers of Christ. I hope that's your desire. If you've trusted in Christ, that God would find you faithful that you would be a good steward of the gifts that God has entrusted to your care, that God would see in us as a body of Christ a number of people, many people. I trust that all of us would grow up into Christ. It's, it ought to be our prayer that each and every person who names the name of Christ in this place, growing in Christ, grow up in Christ, be good stewards of the gifts that God has entrusted to us. That we have godly character qualities. Character qualities that are based on the truths of God's word. That we are maturing in Christ. All for God's glory. All for the sake of the gospel. An incredible good news that we have to share with the world. In verse 23, Paul says, I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. It must be that Paul is probably awaiting some sort of legal decision in his case. once he learns that outcome, he's going to send Timothy. So he says in verse 24, And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Paul longs to see these people. He longs to see these believers. He longs to see these people. He deeply cares for And his confidence is in in the Lord. He he says there in verse 24, I trust in the Lord. Oh, how we need to trust in God day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment, taking obedient steps to glorify God, growing in Christ, so that we might be those people like Timothy that Paul could send. He was like-minded. What a powerful example that Timothy sets for us and God shows us in his word. He is was, he was like-minded. He's a like-minded brother in Christ. He was caring. He cared about people. He cared about their needs. He cared about their spiritual concerns. And he was selfless and he was a trusted servant. And God moved Paul to write this to show us the God-honoring character qualities seen in Timothy's life as an example for us to follow today. Timothy was the kind of man who lived out the truth of Philippians 2.15, which we looked at recently that we're also called to live out. Philippians 2.15, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation Among whom, get this, among whom? It doesn't doesn't say that we're to leave this world behind as long as God has us here. We're living in this world among a crooked and twisted generation. We see that all around us. But get this, among whom, in this world, where you live, where God has you today, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Oh, that that would compel us to put on these godly character qualities shown to us by Paul in Timothy's life. May God help us, each one, to shine as lights in this world filled with people who desperately need Christ filled with people whom God has placed us in the lives of to minister the good news of Jesus Christ. What a privilege. What a joy is ours to be those messengers. And may we be those messengers that shine as bright lights with these godly character qualities in our lives.